Welcome to Bethesda Broadcast, the podcast of Bethesda Church in Huron, South Dakota. This past week at Bethesda Church, we held our annual Christmas program. After the program, Pastor Roy shared a few words on why it wouldn't be Christmas without the tree. We encourage you to open up your Bibles and follow along with Pastor Roy. It's been a great morning. I'm reminded of the story of a farmer who went to a country church. And when he got there, because there was a lot of snow that morning, only about half the congregation made it. And so the preacher got up and he preached his normal, fairly long message. And at the end of the service, he was shaking hands and he shook the hands of the farmer. And the farmer said, Pastor, that was a good message. He said, but if only half my cows come to eat, I, only give them, I don't give them the full load. And uh, I'm not going to give you the full load this morning because we've had a full morning, but I just want to talk to you for a few minutes. And I want to talk to you about it wouldn't be Christmas without the tree. Um, I, 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 I loved uh, to go to ball games. I loved to play ball games uh, when I was younger. And um, I enjoy golf. In fact, uh, a round of golf. How many golfers do we have here this morning? Do we have any golfers? Just a couple? Okay. A round of golf is 18 holes. Sometimes you can play just nine. If you play the second nine, I've had many rounds ruined. My score was ruined because of the back nine. The guys at golf understand what I'm talking about. Your score can go really terrible. In fact, I understand why they have those little pencils that don't have the erasers on them. <laughs> because you're tempted to cheat and, and change your score. Um, but whether you're talking about basketball or football, each of those has two halves. You've got a first half and a second half, right? And the second half is often the stage is set by what happens in the first half. Not always, but oftentimes it is. Um, I remember seeing a ball game one time, Notre Dame uh, played USC a number of years ago in football, and Notre Dame was ahead 24 to nothing at halftime. The final score of the game was Notre Dame 24, USC 55. Uh, it was a total reversal. And when I look at the pages of Scripture, it's broken down into two halves as well. There's an Old Testament and a New Testament. You have two halves. And when you look at the first half, if you only look at the first half, it looks as though when you look at the story that there's going to be this little teenage girl who's going to give birth, get pregnant, miraculously, by the Holy Spirit, give birth, deliver this child. This child's going to grow up and give his life on the cross. When you first read about that in the Old Testament, you think, how in the world is God going to pull that off? I mean, is he really going to be able to pull that off? And it's only until we get to the second half of that story that we understand that God did pull it off. And so it's important to talk about the manger because the manger is the first half of the story. The manger is all about Jesus coming, and it's about the manger. So we don't want to miss the manger. We don't want to miss the beginning of the story. But we also don't want to miss the second half of why he came, why he was placed in a manger, why he grew up to give his life on the cross. Because you see, it wouldn't be Christmas without the tree. Many of us have trees in our homes set up right now, decorated, and we have trees. And they're placed in a prominent place, and they're, they're pretty, 
and significant. And in fact, uh, they say that on average you sell about 40 million trees a year are sold. That's between fake and real trees. There's about 40 million trees sold a year. And in that, there's over a billion dollars of revenue that's raised. I got to thinking maybe we should have sold these trees to raise money for our building. But uh, I didn't think about that soon enough. Um, so the tree is significant. So here's what I want to tell us about the tree. Don't trash the tree. Don't trash the tree. Here's what I mean. It, even in a Christmas tree, they call it, now they want to call it a holiday tree, right? It's just a holiday tree. It's a winter break from school, they say. It's just winter solstice, they say. And see, they want to remove Christ out of the season. Not even call it a Christmas tree. Let's take Christ completely out. And that's what society is trying to do. They're trying to erase not just the Christmas, but they're trying to erase the tree. And that's what's significant. The tree is significant. The tree, there's also uh, two trees in each half of the story. There is a tree in the Garden of Eden, which is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There's also a tree of life in there. But God told them to eat of any tree they wanted to, but don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because the day you eat of it, he says, you will die. And that's called sin. When they disobeyed God and they ate of that tree, that tree brought death. It brought separation. It brought shame, it brought sorrow, and it brought sin into our culture. And because of that, the Bible says we are all born in sin. That's the first half of the story. We are sinful at birth because of the tree that we partook of. Through Adam, we partook of the tree. Sin has been imputed to us. It's been given to us, passed on to us because of Adam's transgression, his sin. So we don't want to trash the tree. There's a tree that was in the first half, and it was in a prominent place. It was in the middle of the garden. It was in a pretty place because it was a beautiful garden. It had all kinds of plants and animals and smells and aromas. It was a beautiful place, and it was a perfect place. But there's one problem. It became corrupt because man partook of the tree that God said not to. And so because man disobeyed and that tree brought death and separation, God instituted another tree that was significant. And that tree was called the cross. That's the tree that Jesus came and gave his life on. So we don't trash the tree and secondly we don't trivialize the tree. We don't make the tree a shallow message because it is the only message of hope that we have. And so we don't trivialize that message. We don't make it shallow. We don't water it down. We don't just learn about that message so I can learn about Bible trivia. And I can learn how to answer Bible quiz questions. Or I can memorize scripture in Awana or whatever. It's far greater than that. We don't trivialize the tree. It's significant. It is the only hope that we have. And if you don't think that's true, then why is ISIS out to destroy Christmas 
and Christ and Christians. They want to remove Christ out of our culture. We don't want to trivialize that tree. Here's what it says in Acts 5, verse 30. The God of our fathers says, raised Jesus from the dead, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. Hanging him on a tree. And it says in Acts 10, 39, we are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree. And so the scripture refers to the cross as a tree. The tree in the garden brought sin and death. The tree of the cross brought life and righteousness. It brings freedom. The first tree brought bondage. The second tree brought freedom. The first tree brought blindness, which is interesting because when you look at the account in Genesis 3, do you know what it says? It says, if you partake of this fruit, your eyes will be opened. And it was actually the opposite. Their eyes were closed spiritually. But when we partake of the tree of the cross on which Jesus died, remember, it's not the gift under the tree. It's the gift on the tree that makes it significant. Jesus came and died because he wanted to reconcile us to God. You think about the ways we can be reconciled to God. Many people, I can give money. I can, I can give toys like Mr. Carmichael, or I can do good things, or I can attend church, or I can get baptized, or I can sing in the choir, or I can, and we list all these things that we can do, but none of those things erase our sin. We are still guilty before God and have been corrupted by sin. But Jesus died on the tree. He grew up from the manger. He died on the tree so that we could be free from our sin. And I recognize that as a little boy, the tree. And so we don't trivialize the tree because Jesus died on it. It wouldn't be Christmas without the tree. If we only have Christmas in the manger, we have a first half story. But there's a second half to the story. And Jesus died on the tree. And the last thing I would say is we don't trash the tree, we don't trivialize the tree, and we don't truncate the tree. Say, what do you mean by truncate? To truncate something means to abbreviate it, to make it short, to compress it, to prune it. And there are many people who have done that in our world today who only want to talk about the manger. I want to talk about Jesus in the, in the swaddling clothes and how cute and cuddly he was. But we cannot truncate the message. And there are churches today who have, who have built churches, but they don't want it to look like a church. They don't, want to pick, they don't want any symbol that makes it look like a church. Let's take out all the crosses, they say. Because we, we, we don't want to make it look like a church. We don't want to offend people. And, and let's take the songs that talk about the blood of Jesus out of the hymn book because we don't want to offend anybody. Well, the Bible says the cross is offensive and it's a stumbling block to those who don't believe. But for those who do believe, it's the power of God to salvation. And that's why we don't truncate that message. It's a message of hope. It's a message of deliverance. I have been delivered from my sin because of Jesus' death on the cross. 
You have been delivered if you've accepted Christ as your Savior because he died on the cross called the tree. So if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, that's how we come to know him. I believe that he not only came in the flesh, an incarnation, but he died on the tree to provide reconciliation, to provide rescue. He rescues me from the penalty of sin. He redeems me from the power of sin. And that's what he does for every one of us when we give him our heart and our life. Let's stand together for a word of prayer. And I would just ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. And I just want to say it wouldn't be Christmas without the tree. Jesus came. He was laid in a manger. But he came and he put his back on the cross. And he was suspended between heaven and earth to pay the penalty for sin. Because the penalty for sin is death. And Jesus died. But here's what's most significant. He died in our place. Because I should have been the one hanging on the cross. You should have been the one hanging on the cross. But Jesus died on the cross because of my sin and your sin. And the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So that's the only thing that can wash away our sin. And if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, notice I didn't say relationship to the church. I said personal relationship with Jesus. Because if you have a relationship with Jesus, you'll have a relationship to his house, his church. Uh, but the thing that will make you clean and wash away your sin is the blood of Christ that was shed on the cross. So if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I invite you right where you're standing to invite Jesus Christ to confess your sin. Say, God, I'm a sinner, but I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for me and shed his blood that I could be forgiven and invite him into your life and to make you a brand new person. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. So thank God that Christmas, the meaning of Christmas is because of what Jesus did for us. If you have questions, I'll be shaking hands at the back door. Please come by and see myself or speak to someone. I'd be glad to pray with you and show you from God's word how you can know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Let's pray together. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.